It is now time for Lisa H. Fuller Ministries with your host, Dr. Lisa H. Fuller, right here on Gospel 1440 WMKM. Blessings and peace. My name is Apostle Lisa H. Fuller. For this is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us. As always, we have a really special guest. But before we go uh, and talk to our guests, I just want to go to the throne of grace. Let's go. Come and go with me. Oh, great and gracious Father, we come before you humble in the mighty matchless name of Jesus. We give you glory, praise, and honor. We lift you up. We magnify your name. Holy Spirit, we ask your, we invite your presence here in the name of Jesus. Minister to us, oh God, both individually and collectively. And it is in your son, Jesus' name that we pray. Thank God and amen. Amen. As I said, we have a very special guest, Dr. Wayne Brooks. And Dr. Brooks, introduce yourself in your own way. Well, thank you, Apostle. Um, I'm originally from Philadelphia, and uh, I was born in the church, literally, and uh, left the Lord. But uh, through 32 years of addiction, God... Uh, with his grace and mercy has uh, brought me to Roseville, Michigan, and uh, placed me uh, around great people like Apostle Fuller and uh, the late Bishop Jerry Piscopo and Dr. Sherrill, and God has just miraculously changed my life. Amen. So you said Amen. through 30 years of addiction. Yes, 30 years of addiction, um, Apostle. Now you're talking about hope. You our hope for someone who is listening and think that they don't have hope. Your story, your life, can you just briefly share, uh, you know, at the beginning, uh, what, if you don't mind, you said you were addicted, were you cross addicted to things? Tell us, tell us so that that young man or that young woman or that older man or that older woman can say, you know what, if this man did it and he, rested and trusted upon Jesus Christ, then guess what? It's not too late for me. Well, uh, I was a daddy's boy back in Philadelphia. I had good parents. They feared God. Uh, but I was drawn away by sports. Uh, I had a learning disability, um, dyslexic and OCD, and I was teased, made fun of. Um, I was the church boy. I went through a lot of persecution uh, in the world. And then when my father passed, when I was about 16 years old, it was devastating to me because I needed him in my life. And I could not do anything to stop death. And I felt so helpless. And after my father passed, I, I had issues with God. Um, I went through two years of depression. Um, I didn't like people. I, I didn't want a relationship with God. 
and that uh, started me on my way to my addiction of pills, uh, acid, uh, freebasing, and uh, crack cocaine. I was an alcoholic <laughs> for a number of years. After losing my first marriage, destroying my first marriage, and literally back home with my mother and battling with my crack addiction, in 1998, my mother was diagnosed with a variant cancer. 1992, pardon me. And uh, I was trying to take care of my addiction and take care of my mother. And eventually, I had to pull the plug on my mother. My God. Um, I, I, when I graduated from school, I had to backtrack a little bit, uh, Apostle. I graduated from school with C's and D's. And the only reason why they graduated me was because I was all public athlete, always in the papers. That was the only reason why I got out of high school. And because of that, and uh, having uh, not being able to function, you know, be prepared for society the way I should have, I turned to crime, turned to drugs. And uh, like I said, I ruined my first marriage. I was home with my mother and in 93, I had to pull the plug on my mother and my addiction. At what point would you say was your lowest point? Oh, be- before before um, I pulled the plug. No, after I pulled the plug on my mother. Yes. Uh, from 93 to 99, I was incarcerated twice, OD three times, tried to commit suicide. Two separate women, women set my house on fire. Um, I escaped a firebombing and a shootout. And at what point did you feel that enough is enough? The last fire, Apostle. Um, I, I, I looked around, you know, um, my, my neighbors, I heard them outside because, you know, the police, the fire department, they tear up everything, right? The windows, everything. So I'm inside hiding. I've got my dog and the shotgun in there. And uh, I didn't know if these guys were going to come back and try to get me. And the neighbor said, every time someone leave Wiz house, that what they, that's what they called me on the street, Wiz. They tried to burn him out. I had a um, prodigal son epiphany. And I looked around. I said, how did I get here? I had good parents, um, loving parents who cared, you know, for neighbors and for everyone. And I, I, how did I end here? So, you know, I, I went and walked the streets for about two days before I was able to get into a Christian program for a year and a half. Is that where you found Jesus? And that's one thing to be in church all your life. It's another thing to have, you know, Christian parents. But I'm talking about when you found Jesus, because... We have to find Jesus. We have to know Jesus for ourselves. So is that where you found Jesus? Is that where you uh, began to look to Jesus as your help? Well, let me put it this way. My metamorphosis happened one night. We had circle prayer in the, in the program. And I heard this voice say, do you love me? <laughs> right away, I knew it was God, right? <laughs> And uh, it was just me and my bunkie in, in the queue. And I said, yes, Lord, I love you. So a couple minutes went by, and, he, and I heard God's voice say, do you love me? And in my mind, apostle, here we go, you know, the flesh. In my mind, I said, he is sounding like some nagging old wife, right? 
So I put my hand over my mouth and he said, no, you don't love me. An apostle, he showed me from that morning to the moment I was laying in bed, high definition, everything I said, every place I went, chapel, you know, the whole nine yards. And he said, see, you don't love me because if you love me, you'd spend time with me. And I slid it to my knees. That's when I had a metamorphosis and really discovered Christ and learned how to love Christ. You said at that moment, you know, you had a metamorphosis, you had a change and you learned to love Christ. How does one who literally, and I'm going to say it like that, in that deep, you said you overdosed, you were cross addicted, you were burnt out. And how does someone learn to love Christ? By having someone first love them, uh, Apostle. Uh, these chaplains that um, were over the facility, they loved the men that came in there, uh, despite our faults, despite our weaknesses, and they just showed us love. And we have to love the unsaved. We have to love the unwarned. We have to love the rejected that the world says, uh, you'll never amount to nothing. You'll never become anything. Because love covers a multitude of sins and it heals. Praise God. Praise Jesus. And it heals. And those people, those disciples were true reflections of God because the Bible tells us in 1 John uh, chapter 4 says that God is love. Yes. Yes. Wow. So then what happened with your life? How did it progress? And I'm going to tell the listeners this because <laughs> you have one of the most kind, loving, caring wives. I mean, she is literally the epitome of love. She's just kind. How did your life change and you become Dr. Wayne Brooks and married this delightful lady who was chaplain Candace Brooks? <laughs> Well, okay, my, my, again, I have to go back to Philadelphia. I was about ready to uh, graduate. They didn't have any place to send me. I had gave away the house, gave away the drugs, gave away everything, just walked away from everything for Christ. And I said, they're going to send me somewhere. So I saw two guys in the transit department and I said, listen, they're getting ready to put me out. I need a pair of handcuffs and a phone number to action news. And so they got <laughs> worried. They thought I was going to do something. They thought I was going to do something crazy, you know, because they knew me. And I said, no, no, no. I said, when they try to put me out, I'm going to run downstairs to the boiler room and handcuff myself in the boiler and call Action News. But God, Apostle, two weeks before I graduated, sends a Baptist mentor from Boston looking for two interns, and only two of us graduated that year. And I ended up in Toledo. I hadn't dated in over 12 years. And my my soon-to-be wife, Candace, um, she's just uh, everything that I'm not, she is, right? And she would fly in twice a year to meet her daughter and the grandchildren. And I just said, God, I'm starting to feel something for this woman. So we had a long distance, saw each other two times in two years, and fell in love. <laughs> and she's been supportive through my schooling, uh, through my chaplaincy, through uh, attaining my reverend's license and um, the seven years of school. Um, not once has she ever uh, tried to stop me. from. She encouraged me to be at church. <laughs> That's so important to have someone who supports you. Has the enemy tried to snatch you back into his camp? Well, you know, Apostle, um, after he delivered me from drugs and alcohol and that, he had to work on some other things in my life. 
life, anger, impatientness, jealousy, um, generational oaths. You know, how you make oaths that certain things, people would never treat you a certain way. God had to heal me from those. So it was no longer the drugs, but the, the, the spiritual man, the inner man that God had to, to renew and, and, and to make anew and to heal me from. Because 32 years in the wilderness was a lot of time um, out of God's perfect will. The scripture tells us in Romans 8, 28, that all things, all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. How does that fit into your life? I, I got a job working in a rehab in Detroit called Quality Behavior Health. And I started working with men and I saw the need in men's lives, men who were just like I was. And they needed love. They needed someone to listen to them. They needed someone to give them life tools. And so that's been my pursuit, working with men. Um, I retired from there and the owner who's Muslim, he got a brand new building. God found favor with him. He called me back and hired me as a facilitator. I make my own hours. I'm free to come in and uh, use any materials I like, you know, within um, secular uh, guidelines. But the word does get through. Uh, some of the guys started a Bible class last week and did homework. <laughs> <laughs> so God is allowing me to to give these guys love, give them education, encourage them and inspire them, and to let them know that God loves them and I love them. And he created man for a purpose and has a plan for them. They're not throwaways. They're not castaways. That is the epitome of love. And I stand on the scripture, all things work together. There is no experience that is lost, whether good or bad. The experiences shape us and mold us into who he, meaning God, had predestined, have, have already predestined us to be. And I'm telling you, you're talking about full circle there. What do you say to that young man and that young woman or that uh, older man or that older woman who says, you know, I've been through rehab 10 times, 10 times. What would you say to them? I would say to them that it's never too late. As long as God gives you breath, as long as there is an opportunity for you to change your life. It may seem hopeless, but God takes the things that are hopeless, things that are impossible, and make them possible. If I, if God could change my life around, if God could do for me, educate me, bless me with a good wife, you know, and uh, a good church and, and, and peers that I can look up to, he can do it for you. It's not too late. God is waiting to bless. He, God wants to be, God is a lover. He wants to love and bless us, not harm us. That is amazing because there is, I believe in my soul and my spirit. And I pray before I ask the, the uh, guest to come on. And there's no doubt in my mind that is someone listening that needs to hear this. And it doesn't have to be addictions to substances, it could be addictions to food. It could be addictions to uh, promiscuity. There are other things. It could be um, to the point where you know, you're about to give up. Seek God, seek him. The scriptures tell us if we seek God, we will find him. If we diligently seek him, 
we will find him. Do you agree with me, Dr. Brooks? One hundred percent apostle, because we're we're living in the last days. We're living in some hopeless times and people people are in a hopeless place right now. And they need to know that God has not given up on them and that he's still working to move and change their lives. They're not hearing that on TV. They're not hearing that in the movies. They're not hearing that in the marketplace. They're hearing death, destruction, revenge, uh, envy, and jealousy, but they're not hearing about love. Amen. And I was going to say that there is one thing for sure, and that is love. You know, it says, and above all things, you know, love is the most, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, but love is the most precious. Amen. And the most powerful. Yes. Yeah. There's really no defense against love. <laughs> <laughs> you are so right about that. Now, you have your own ministry. What is the name, Dr. Brooks, of your own ministry, of your ministry, I should say, not your own, but of your ministry? <laughs> Amen. It's it's called Ask Now, and it was birthed from Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, seek, and knock, mm-hmm. which is a principle. It works. Um, we, we don't ask God. We don't seek God. We don't knock at, at the door. See, God is knocking, but then we have to knock, too, because faith without works is dead, and we have to put some action into it. Even though it's a principle that works, we still have to work. And a lot of people in, in, with addictions and hangups and, and heartaches, they're afraid to ask. They're afraid to seek. They're afraid to knock and get hope to, any, any help today because society and the, let's not, and I, I want to go there. The enemy just wants to grind mankind to dust. The scriptures tell us he roams this earth see who he can, you know, uh, kill, steal, and destroy from, you know, seeking, seeking. Seeking. Absolutely. Yes. I'm so appreciative that you are our guest. And, you know, it's very sobering. It's very sobering because, um, you know, everybody sometimes, and I, I, I'll just say it, this is true. You know, we tend to sometimes, most of the times, put on our church face and our church behavior. But behind that church behavior, that church face, there are a lot of hurting people and they may not want to disclose it. And some of them have addictions. Some of them, there's domestic violence in the home. Some of them, you know, they're just barely making it. Some of them are questioning their faith. And some of them are saying, you know, I'm not good enough. And I heard you say is that love triumphs over all and to trust God with your heart, your soul, your mind, your inner fiber. And, and you know, Apostle, also, even when we don't understand, I have to love him and trust him because I know that he has my good. He's looking out for me. Even when we can't see him, even when we can't trace him, we have to trust him. Yes, yes. Was it, was it Paul? He said, uh, though he slay me, yet will I serve him? And you have to learn how to trust him. I mean, Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, I mean, he was incarcerated writing some of those uh, books, a majority of those books. 
and yet his faith was still strong. He was beaten and left for dead, stoned and left for dead, but yet he still stood on God. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Boy, oh boy. What an example. <laughs> <laughs> but God, but God. And no one is saying that life will be easy. You receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're going to have a ball. You're not going to have any problems, and you're not going to have any temptations. You're not going to have any worries. No. What we're saying is, is that Jesus will fight your battles. The scripture tells us in the Gospel of John, Jesus is speaking and says that, I'm paraphrasing this, but he who his father has given him, he said he's not lost one. And he goes on to say, his father is greater than all these things. Yes. Good shepherd. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At this time, I want to invite anyone who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, who is literally at rock bottom, who's tried everything, who has everything and feels empty and knows there's more but they don't know where to go, what to turn to. I urge you to try Jesus. Accept Jesus into your heart. If you've never known love, accept Jesus into your heart. The scriptures tell us that God is love. If this is you, repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I've tried all kinds of things, but I humble myself to you and I humble myself and surrender myself to you. Forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God, that you died on the cross and God the Father raised you the third day by the power of Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're seated at the right hand of God the Father. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you have just prayed this prayer, and this is you, we pray that Holy Spirit gives you the assurance of what it is that you have done this day by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Now it's time for you to get to work, get into a good Bible-based church that teaches the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ's Arms Reaching Everywhere Ministries, Lisa H. Fuller Ministries. We're in a network of over approximately 4,500 churches globally, and we can locate, help you locate a church that is near your geographic location that teaches and preaches and disciples the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Call us at 313-398-3131. Again, 313-398-3131 or go to lisahfullerministries.org or Christ's Arm Reaching Everywhere Ministries. It should be ChristArmsReachingEverywhere.org and leave us a message and we will return your call. Dr. Brooks, 10 seconds. What do you have to say as last words to the audience? 
thank God for Jesus. And uh, Apostle, I want to thank you for over the years being a friend, a mentor, and uh, trusting me uh, to come alongside of you and uh, and, and minister um, at the military uh, veterans home. And um, just God bless you and the Lord continue to enrich you and your family and watch over your your sons and just God just bless you immensely. Um, I'm just tickled pink about Jesus. Amen. <laughs> well, Dr. Brooks, I thank you and I thank Chaplain Candace. I'm excited because I pray that when you come on again, you come and be our guest again, that maybe Chaplain Candace will come with you. So that would be really awesome. That will be really awesome. <laughs> yes, that will be awesome. Yes, that will be awesome. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> well, thank you again. And my name is Apostle Lisa H. Fuller. I am the senior pastor of Christ Arms Reaching Everywhere Ministries. Come and visit us on our website, ChristArmsReachingEverywhere.org. I love you, but always, always, Always remember that God loves you more. God bless you. You have been listening to Lisa H. Fuller Ministries with your host, Dr. Lisa Fuller, Senior Pastor of Christ Arms Reaching Everywhere Ministries. For information on Christ Arms Reaching Everywhere Bible study and worship services, or to make a donation to this ministry, Visit ChristArmsReachingEverywhere.org or LisaHFullerMinistries.org. For prayer, give us a call at 313-398-3131. That's 313-398-3131.